So when we feel that responsibility, this often also drives into perfectionism, people-pleasing, and overworking. So those were the other elements that really started to come out strong for me here. And perfectionism is basically, again, given the certain dynamics of any relationship that you've been taught, depending on your conditioning, you might have learned it earlier. I definitely saw a lot of perfectionism growing up that taught me, like, this is how you achieve in the world. Like, do things really, really, really well. Like, give it your all. And of course, there's some positive messaging there as well, but it can also go pendulum swing to the other side where it's too much. And essentially, especially in in the scenario and in these two big situations, what it really taught me was the better that I could show up, the more validation and attention I would receive. Welcome to Essence, the show and podcast. Essence is the intrinsic nature or indispensable quality of something, especially something abstract, which determines its character. Here, we're diving deep into the essence of your energetics so that you can show up in your authentic nature where you step into your era of softness as your superpower and energetics as your key to success. Get ready for vulnerable conversations, masculine feminine energy teachings on the law of balance, flow frameworks for aligned productivity, and cyclical and seasonal living inspiration for reclaiming and activating your life of pleasure and epically aligned success. I'm your host, NLP and energetic success coach, Feminine Flow CEO, Time Freedom Lifestyle Curator, and fellow goal getter, Olivia Heine. It's time to make pleasure your purpose and embody your epic essence. Let's dive in. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of The Essence Show and Podcast. Today, I am back with another episode specifically in the series, Live in Essence. So literally, this series is about living your life in your true magnetic essence. However, my name being Olivia and most of the close people in my life actually calling me Liv, this is where I like to go deep into my life and my stories and my path to sacred success. But of course, like this is a story. This is something that's going to allow you to pull out pieces of the things that I share and be like, okay, how does this resonate with me? Does this sound like me in my life? Is this something that I've been going through? And I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of storytelling. I love listening to stories. I love being the person storytelling. Um, And I was actually just listening to one of the episodes of the Armchair Podcast the other day that a friend had recommended to me. And it was the interview with Jane Fonda. And her story, if you haven't listened to this episode or the Armchair Podcast in general, I highly recommend it. It is so good. And her story is just so captivating. It is so much about how she moves through all of these different levels and phases and experiences in her life and how they've truly shaped her into the person that she is today. And the way that when we listen to other people's stories and storytelling being an ancient art form, literally how knowledge and wisdom and teachings were passed down in the past, hearing the stories is a way for us to tune in and pick out or receive pieces of wisdom, messages that we can incorporate into our own lives. And of course, seeing someone else walk a similar path that we feel like we are now walking or who's a few steps ahead of us and who can say, hey, like, I remember when that happened to me. I remember when I went through that and this is how I moved through it. This is how I dealt with it. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why storytelling is so powerful. And I know that my story personally is not a you know, unique story. It's very much something that a lot of us can relate to. It's not nuanced what I teach. It's not um, a standalone and isolation kind of thing. 
This is something that so many of us move through, whether we're talking about like my personal story that I'm going to dive into today, or whether it's simply about, you know, the way that we're working, the way that we're taught to achieve and and strive um, for success. All of these things are things that we collectively understand and go through the burnout cycles, the feeling like we're not enough, the imposter syndrome. And just to reference that Jane Fonda episode one more time at the very end, she was like, oh my God, I was so nervous to get on this podcast episode with you today. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like you are Jane freaking Fonda. And she's like, yeah, but those things just never, never go away. So the question is really like, how do we deal with them? How do we move through them? How do we support ourselves in the things that we want to do? And now I'm fully going off on a tangent. But essentially, welcome to the Live in Essence series where I'm going to dive in a little bit deeper into the storytelling aspect and for us to just kind of have like a girl chit chat conversation, you know, over drinks, over coffee, like this deeper connection, this vulnerability, this space to really share. And of course, me sharing is going to be a call um, and an invitation for you to share as well. And I would love to hear your responses, your stories, your thoughts, your feelings, all of those things in the comments below of the YouTube show or even in the podcast review. That would be so lovely to just start connecting there. So if you are ready to dive deeper and alchemize a life of sacred success and a life that's really truly based in pleasure, I do have a few spots left open for one-on-one coaching. So if you want to see if the energetics and success coaching is for you, you can apply um, and book a call below in the link in the description or in the show notes. So we can just have a little chit chat, a little bit deeper than just on a podcast, but you know, like I said before, a little over tea, coffee, drinks, um, and really see what is potentially out of alignment for you and if this work is in alignment for you to actually bring the things that you desire into your life. So let's just dive into this episode because now I've been chatting for a very long time. So let's let's do the damn thing. So what I really want to talk about today, and this is a series that I've put a lot of thought into um, over the, the course of planning it. And so there's, there's a couple really good episodes that are going to be coming out here, but I'm really breaking it down into like specific categories so that as you go through the series, you can be like, oh, is this kind of what I resonate with? Is this kind of story something that I can relate to? And then you can actually get the storytelling and the, you know, information, the transformation, because I'm obviously going to be giving some tools and teaching and coaching tips in here as well, based on where you feel like you're at. So this is really kicking off this series, and I'm going to be talking about the beginning of my journey with this. So really what that comes back to is like, where do I come from? How did this all begin? How did this all start? And really, as the title portrays, once upon a time, there was a perfectionist people pleaser. Like that is where our story begins. So if you're someone who has resonated with being a people pleaser or a perfectionist or an overachiever in the past, or if you feel like you currently are one, or you even just have like a few tendencies about it, like maybe that's not your general or your default, but you're like, ooh, I notice in some situations I tend to lean more into that direction, et cetera, this episode is for you. If you don't resonate with people-pleasing, perfectionism, overachieving, but you're still feeling exhausted, drained, or unclear about your purpose, unclear about what your next step is, feeling unfulfilled with what you're doing, Trust me, there is a message in this episode for you as well. As personally a recovering overachiever, recovering people pleaser, recovering perfectionist, this is my story. And of course, this is a story or this story in itself has brought me to the work that I do today. So the story begins at the very beginning and it really begins in childhood. And that's where most of our stories begin. And when we talk about people pleasing, overachieving, and the way that we show up to work, and I would love for you to think about that in your life right now as well. Like, how do you show up to work? 
What is your process like? How do you feel when you wake up and you start working in the morning? How do you move through your day? Are you super overly structured? Are there tons of to-do lists? Are you like really rejecting the structure and you're just like, let's see what happens? Do you feel ambitious towards what you're doing? Like all of these small little elements of who you are come from the root of who you are, which is your childhood, like how you were um, conditioned and basically groomed to be. So for me personally, I was born in the U.S. Um, where are my East Coast ladies, girlies, people, humans, amazing souls at? Um, I was born just outside of Boston, actually in New Hampshire, so not just outside of Boston, but we'll just we'll leave it there in um, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And I lived there until I was six. That's where my my dad was working, and so that's where me and my two other brothers were born. And I really, looking back, realized how I placed that place that literal geographical location and also time in my life in this little pretty flowery memory box. And I kind of started to frame it as my happy place. And this meant that when things were challenging or when they were hard or when I was really struggling later on in my life, I would wish for that past. And I would kind of bring myself back to that time where everything was quote unquote perfect and I didn't have to worry about things. And there's a lot of things that go into that and, you know, too much to just, you know, go deep into this episode, but of course we can chat about it. And if you are like very, very curious, I will make another episode on like that specifically. But there were two big events that kind of kept pushing me to want to go back to that time in my life where there was this pretty flowery memory box. And I'm like, this is safe for me. This is good. This is known. And the first one was when I was six years old and we left the States, the only thing that I had ever known, and we moved to Germany. This is where my dad is from. This was always in the plan for my parents for him to move back to Germany to continue his work um, closer to his family, actually stepping into his family business. And so when we moved there, I didn't speak a word of German. I was put into the German school system and I really started to step into the story of um, I'm small. I don't want to speak because I don't want to be laughed at. I feel really left out. I feel a lack of belonging, like even moving through that. And that actually was a theme that continued for a long time, like 10 years plus after that of feeling like, I don't know, am I North American? Cause my mom's Canadian and we always went back there. Am I German? I don't really feel like I fit in in Germany though, because there's always been this like different past. And like, these are all very small, um, you know, not highly traumatic things at all. However, when you're really internalizing these things as a child, you start to create stories and realities around that. And then, of course, however you're brought up, whatever the morals or belief systems or the way that your parents condition you to be just completely naturally is going to feed into that. So, again, maybe you had a situation like that where there was even a moment where you felt like left out of a friend group or where you didn't feel a sense of belonging or you're like, oh, I don't really want to be here because being at home doesn't feel safe or something about this environment doesn't feel safe. And it could have mean, it could mean that it was literally unsafe, like quite physically you didn't feel safe or you weren't receiving the love that you desired and so things felt unsafe in that sense. Or it could literally mean that there was just like there was love in your house or there was, you know, support, but the environment, there were other things happening that just felt like I don't want to be here. And a lot of these things, again, are just the process of growing up. What it really comes down to is how deeply these belief systems or responses then become rooted in who you are and how you see yourself. And then if they are rooted very deeply, we tend to carry those with us as we move forward. The second thing that happened, the second major turning point life event was when I was 11 years old. So pre-adolescence, just about to become a teenager. And this is also a phase where you're really trying to figure out who you are, right? Like, especially as a girl, 
um, you know, there's some cattiness. Girls can be mean. There's more like psychology behind friendships. Your body is changing. Suddenly you feel like you can't do all the rough housing, running in the dirt, things that you did when you were younger that kind of the boys did. And you're starting to look around and see what are other people doing and how do I fit in here and how can I make sure that I fit in, right? And so when I was 11 years old, my parents got divorced and actually it was a longer process, but the divorce began. And so without going into the actual inner workings of that and honoring their privacy, it really brought my whole world crashing down. Like everything that I had known and already feeling like the sense of like, ooh, I don't really feel like I belong here. Like everything, I wish I could go back. I wish I could go to this happy flowery memory box. And then this on top of it was like carpet ripped out from beneath me. I don't know what this world is anymore. And with the complicated relationship dynamics that came up between them, but also like between us in general, it also played with played into how I responded here, right? How I was feeling like not feeling like I was getting the attention that I wanted, not feeling like I knew what was happening, not feeling again like that safety, that security, that stability, like that all shifted, right? So again, thinking to your life, like was there something that happened? And it can again be something small. It doesn't have to be this huge big thing, but maybe it was that really created the sense of lack of stability, lack of safety. Maybe there's even a feeling of abandonment, like the person that I know is no longer there in the way that I know them to be for me. And just have like a little reflection on that. Basically what this led to for me, and I think this is going to be the interesting part for you to hone in on and kind of weave out what, what resonates for you in your life, is first and foremost, eldest child syndrome. Um, but more than that, it led to really increased perfectionism, people pleasing, and then also overworking. And so basically with this life event or with these life events, and of course, other conditionings that perpetuated these belief systems and these ways of being, essentially that drove and, you know, rippled into the person that I ultimately was becoming. And then the way that I ended up showing up for work, for school, like in those next couple of years at university, in the jobs that I had, like it all fed into that from these conditionings and how we thought or how I thought I needed to be in order to receive the love, validation, belonging, et cetera, that, you know, you want as a child. So first and foremost, like I said, eldest child syndrome is huge. If you are an oldest child, my God, do I ever see you? Um, and let me know in the comments for sure. Raise your hand, eldest child. And especially if you're like, I know what eldest child syndrome is. I have recognized that within myself. Let me know below. And so basically, eldest child syndrome is the responsibility that you take on, especially if you have a dynamic in your upbringing um, and when you're quite young, so still quote unquote a child, where you feel like you need to step in and kind of take responsibility because there's either a parent that's absent or a shift in the power dynamics or the responsibility dynamics. And so you really feel like it's your responsibility to take over to an extent. Um, and there's definitely like these feelings of like needing to show up for others, making sure everyone else is taken care of, being the one who parents, and maybe you felt like you needed to parent your siblings or parent your parents from time to time because they like weren't showing up in the ways that you expected them to anymore. Um, and of course, be the one that everyone turns to first. Like, oh, can you just pick up your younger brother from school? Oh, can you just do this thing? Can you do that thing? Or if something goes wrong, why didn't you pay more attention? Why didn't you take better care of them? Et cetera, et cetera. Does that resonate with you? 
So I definitely felt this. And again, like everyone has their own experiences and opinions of this. And I do want to just honor my parents and say that they did the absolute best that they could. And they really did show up through it all, even though they were really going through it themselves. But for me, there were a lot of those times of like, okay, it's just me and my brothers right now. So I got to step up. I have to make sure that they have their homework done, that they have their stuff for an overnight, like at my dad's place now, for example. And there are all these like little things that it's kind of like when we talk about, you know, emotional labor between relationships and like the gender roles in a home environment. And there's all these little things that we don't really think about. And when it comes down to it, then it just weighs on us. It becomes this other burden that we're potentially carrying that we don't see. It's invisible. So when we feel that responsibility, this often also drives into perfectionism, people-pleasing, and overworking. So those were the other elements that really started to come out strong for me here. And perfectionism is basically, again, given the certain dynamics of any relationship that you've been taught, depending on your conditioning, you might have learned it earlier. I definitely saw a lot of perfectionism growing up that taught me, like, this is how you achieve in the world, like, do things really, really, really well, like, give it your all. And of course, there's some positive messaging there as well, but it can also go pendulum swing to the other side where it's too much. And essentially, especially in in the scenario and in these two big situations, what it really taught me was the better that I could show up, the more validation and attention I would receive. And especially with, you know, my parents really going through a hard time personally for themselves as well, that to me was like, okay, well, don't get in their way. Don't make it any harder for them than it already is. And only get their attention if you've done something that they that will make them feel better, which meant doing something good. Does that make sense? Does that resonate with you? And again, you might have a different story of how perfectionism plays out for you. Again, I would love to hear it. Share it below if you feel like sharing. But this is just, again, one way that we see these conditionings that are already kind of seeded in how we are taught to show up and then certain situations that really root them even deeper. This then leads into people-pleasing. So people-pleasing is actually a form of wounded feminine energy, putting other people's needs before your own, not having boundaries and protecting your own energy, worrying about what other people think, um, not having a strong sense of your own inner like grounded sense of self-worth, right? Because if we worry too much about what other people think, because what if I did that wrong or what if they didn't like it or what if they think I'm being selfish, then we're not grounded enough in ourselves. So others' opinions and needs can easily shake us from how we perceive things or how we feel about things or our own personal opinions or desires. And then we have procrastination or overworking. I didn't say procrastination before, but those two things really go together. They're kind of the two sides of the scale. Like either we're overly doing and being busy or we're avoiding and we can't get that creative juices flowing, but both of them are coming from this pressure forcing place. And so this is a form of the wounded masculine. Either we want to lean towards overworking to keep ourselves busy because chaos is what feels safe. And I actually have a video um, specifically about whether or not you're addicted to chaos. So I will link that above. Um, but I know that that's, that was one of the things for me, like how can I stay busy so that I can feel a sense of control? How can I stay busy so that I can feel like I'm on top of it in a world where I don't feel like I can control very much at all? How can I keep myself busy so that I don't have to look at what's actually going on or address the feelings? And again, like I give myself so much grace. I was like 11 years old here. But as my life continued, I continued to perpetuate these same dynamics and ways of being and showing up because that is what I knew. That became normal and that became safe for me. Procrastination is in the other side of it. So 
the other side of perfectionism. So we can either lean into overworking because we want to do, do, do and be perfect or the fear of failure and not being able to be perfect is so paralyzing or we come face to face so much with this imposter syndrome that we just completely shut off. And again, both of that is forms of wounded masculine. So you can see here that I was very much in like this wounded feminine, not being connected to myself. And then also in this wounded masculine of how can I just do the most in order to receive what I feel like is missing because I'm not grounded in myself first and foremost, but also based on the circumstances and dynamics around me, right? So I'm super curious to hear how this resonates with you, what your story is like, but this was really like I want to start here because this was really the foundation for how many other things were perpetuated after. And like I said, I'm I have like a whole list of episode topics that I want to talk about for this live in essence series. Um, but everything is really based off of this foundation of how I felt like I needed to show up to work. And that leads into the illnesses that I had, the um period pain and like disconnection from my cycle that I had. It led into what I believed was possible for me and like what I did in my life, the relationships that I had, all of these things. So this is why this is the foundation. But I really want to hone in and bring this back to you because I see this with so many driven women is that we are so busy and we're so focused on the things that we want to achieve that sometimes we don't even realize that there's a really fine line between proving and pleasing everyone else or really pleasing your own desires and yourself, right? Because of all of these stories, these conditionings that teach us how we are meant to show up, that really is this wounded feminine, wounded masculine, because there was this void from when we were young, from this inner child that didn't feel like it ever got filled. Therefore, now when we're adults, that void still feels 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 empty and your inner child is like, let's please fill it. What can we do to feel good again? What can we do to get this validation? What can we do to feel whole within ourselves again? And based on how we've been taught to work and show up and be successful, it's like, well, if I can only be successful, then I'm going to feel that way. If I can only get these things, then I'll feel that way. Well, how do I do that? How do I get that success? Well, I have to work really hard. I have to prove myself. I have to prove my work. I have to prove my worth. Um, and so we start to go back to these wounded ways of working, this masculine model of work, this hustle culture, the survival success mode in order to obtain the kind of success that we feel will fill that void. Does that make sense? So this leads us to glamorizing the grind, right? Prove to me that this is worth it. Prove to me that I'm doing it right. And so I was literally doing that. I was trying to do everything right. And like I said, I was getting sick. I was feeling ungrounded in myself. I was really just staying busy to create some form of consistency, even though that in itself didn't feel good and it obviously wasn't serving me. So this is why that balancing of the masculine and feminine energetics within you creates sacred balance. Like this is where we start to really hone in on balance because we need to understand what's happening in order to heal the way that we're showing up and the symptoms that are showing up, right? So the real problem really isn't that you're stuck in people-pleasing or stuck in perfectionism or stuck in a work of over, a loop of overworking, um, and that's what I had to recognize for myself because, of course, we can see that as the problem in our lives, right? You can see quite obviously that, like, I'm low on energy. I don't have enough time. I'm doing so much, and I'm not moving forward, right? The deeper problem is actually, number one, that society tells you that this is good, that this is where you are worthy, that this is the way to be working. And number two, that if you're 
feeling unhappy. So for example, you're procrastinating, you're low on energy, you don't have enough time. That really what you need is just better strategies or like an extra hour of sleep, right? We're not actually going into the deeper stuff. So actually that stuff is wrong, right? Like we don't just need a better strategy to stop procrastinating or we don't just need an extra hour of sleep. Probably some more sleep would be good, but that's not the extent of it. We need to go deeper. It goes so much deeper than that. And understanding what your story is, and that's why I share my story with you today, is going to help you uncover that. So it's really about understanding and uncovering the generational patterns, the conditioning, the ways of being that you were taught about how you should work, how you should be successful. And then, of course, what you experienced in your life. What were the core key events that shaped you into the person that you are, that taught you how to be, how to succeed, how to be around other people, how to receive love and support and validation? Because if you're just trying to make changes to your structure then, like have a better structure in place, have a better system, that is actually going to feel really unsafe because if you're not people-pleasing anymore, so let's say you put a better structure into place to have better boundaries around people-pleasing, but you're not actually going deeper to understand where does this come from and like how can I shift this within myself? How can I fill that inner child void so that I don't feel the desire to people-please in order to get validation and affection? It's going to feel really hard to shift the way that you're working, for example, to hone back on the people-pleasing because your identity is literally built around it. So it's going to feel unsafe. Does that make sense? So we have to shift it on that deeper level first. So if you are a people-pleasing girly, raise your hand because you are not alone. Or if you're a perfectionist or an overworker, or again, a recovering perfectionist, a recovering overworker, and you are still looking for that balance of, okay, I want to achieve big things. Like I know that I'm here to do fucking amazing shit in this world because you do have that fire and that motivation within you, but you're also recognizing that it's feeling really hard. You're feeling frustrated on that journey. You're feeling angry because you take two steps forward and three steps back. Like everything feels like this pull and tug the whole time. So now you're listening to this and you're like, okay, well, I also want to heal from these old narratives, right? You're recognizing that that deeper work is where the magic fucking happens. I want to heal from these old narratives that are holding me back. I want to step out of trying to fit in to this mold that I kept feeling like I needed to do to be successful, this good girl success. Oh my God, we could talk about the good girl all day long, but that is perfectionism. That is people pleasing, like showing up to get that validation. Like essentially the outcome of that, the physical manifestation is the good girl narrative, the good girl archetype, right? If this is you, then it is time for you to unleash your goddamn inner essence and really step into your sacred era of sacred success and alchemize a life of pleasure. And that is exactly what we're talking about here, right? That's exactly what I'm here to support you with. That is exactly the journey that I went on because I see how much it was sucking the life out of me. It was sucking the energy out of me. And it was just making me feel like I was constantly falling short, right? We're constantly seeking worth externally. Then we don't have enough overflowing within us. So this is literally the start of shifting everything. So whether you're a coach, you're a healer, you're a mystic, an entrepreneur, a professional, this space is for you. This work is for you and this transformation is for you. It is 1,000% available to you. It is 1,000% possible for you. So I'm going to leave it there because I could talk about this all day long and I don't want this to be like a 30 plus minute podcast. The whole point is that this is short and sweet and gives you like a little support, a little hug, a little showering of magical love on your commute to work or wherever you are off to and wherever you are listening to this right now. 
But if that is something that is speaking to you and you want to dive deeper into this work, let's have a chat about it. Like I said in the link below, you can actually book a totally zero pressure um, alignment call where we'll literally just talk about like where is this misalignment happening in your life? What are two things that you can do right now to shift yourself into alignment? And of course, if this work is truly aligned for you, what the next steps are. And like I said, zero pressure. I'm here to support you. We're here to have a little nice chat. Um, so you can do that below in the description. Otherwise, I'm going to sign off here, um, get off the soapbox and yeah, let me know in the comments below how this episode resonated with you. If you like this series, because then I will definitely um, release it more often then. Um, and please subscribe to my channel, follow along on the podcast on Apple Music or on Spotify, share this episode with someone that you love, and I will see you here next time. so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about OO coaching, head over to oliviaheine.com. Get on the wait list for the Energetic Success Studio or take the leap into your dream life and apply to work with me one-on-one. And if you really love the show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcast or a comment below in the YouTube episode. I so love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you energetically aligned baddie. Tune in again next week and until then, own your magical essence, shower yourself in pleasure, and flow like the cyclical being you are.